Roll it. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Geek Hackers Weekly. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're here with Momo. And today we will be, we will be covering New York Comic Con 2019. So, Comic Con this year was a lot. Um, we covered a lot this year. We did everything from Riverdale to a new Hunger Games book to Harley Quinn to the 20th anniversary of Naruto. So let's just jump in. We are going to start with my favorite, Riverdale. I love Riverdale. So for those of you who don't know, Riverdale is a live action series on the CW based um, off of the Archie comics. So I've always been a fan of Archie comics. So when Riverdale came out, I was sort of hesitant. You know, a lot of people, a lot of times when they do live action versions of stuff, it's very, eh. Um, very subpar. But unlike my counterpart Momo here, I thoroughly enjoy Riverdale. Um, yeah, so Riverdale is all drama. It is all left turns, things you didn't see coming. It, it's not one of those shows where you scream at the TV and you're like, girl, don't do that. You can see the danger coming. Riverdale is not like that. Riverdale side smacks you and you're just like, what just happened? Is there another murder? Did somebody run away? Is somebody pregnant? Uh, the drama. So for those of you who are caught up, you know that Luke Perry plays Fred Andrews, that's Archie's dad, and you also know that Luke Perry recently passed away of a stroke. Um, so the first episode of the new season, which airs today at 8 o'clock, well, in a few minutes, Wednesdays, you know, for those of you listening after today, um, the first episode is dedicated to Luke Perry. Um, other news, spoiler alert, if you're not caught up on season three, skip ahead a little bit. Um, so the thing that I've been waiting for the entire season has happened. Betty's mom has finally come out of this cloud that is called The Farm. And we also find out that her mom may be an FBI informant and her brother Charles may be an FBI agent. Wait, but... Hmm. So I don't watch the show, but if she was in a cloud called The Farm, but she's an FBI informant, what if it was voluntary? Well, that's what the season ending is kind of leading to, that... Um, Betty's mom joined the farm undercover um, and was never actually a true member of the farm. Um, but in any undercover scheme, you have to lie to those closest to you so that their reaction is as authentic and believable as possible. So we have to watch tonight and see if they address it. They may not address it tonight because tonight's a Luke Perry episode. Um, but definitely next week, episode two, I will be watching to see what's going down. I did see a preview at Comic-Con of season of episode three. Mm -hmm. 
and Betty and her mom are walking down a motel corridor with a revolver. So Betty got into some shit. It's about to go down. Well, if you watch it, you already know that Betty is closely tied to several murders. Uh, yeah. yeah. Betty already got the gun. We good. Um. Oh, yes. Next big news, Hunger Game prequel book. All right? So this book is a prequel. That means it happened before the original Hunger Games books. So this book is supposed to take place about 65, 70 years before Katniss Everdeen. And it is about the reconstruction after the war. See, I'm actually a fan of the Hunger Games. So like you and I are on the same page of this. And I'm hoping it's where we find, it's where we get the rebellion of District 13 and like how, like how District 13, quote unquote, stopped existing, but somehow still existed for all this time. Because if you remember at the, um, in the second book and then the third book, you are um, informed that District 13 was only, the top of it was only blown up for show. And in fact, the actual district still existed underground. Yeah, I would like to find out how much of that the Capitol actually was aware of. Because it, to me, it seems a little far-fetched that the Capitol Just would know. fall for that. And that they would be able to exist for all this time and they not know anything. Well, I thought they hinted in book three that the Capitol did indeed know. Like, they had an agreement. Um, like, we'll let you live if we get to erase you from existence type thing. And that's when, that was one of the red flags for Katniss and why she ended up doing what she did. The next thing on our list is the third season of Black Lightning that premiered uh, the Monday that just passed. Um, if you guys don't know, I do do a reaction. I do do uh, a reaction story on my Instagram. Um, I think I'm gonna turn it into a live video. That way we can chat with each other. But don't forget to check out my Instagram, Taylor of SEV, so that we can watch Black Lightning together and enjoy the Black <coughs> Excellence. Yes. <laughs> Are you a fan of Black Lightning? So I'm, I'm a fan of the comic version of Black Lightning and also of the animation version of Black Lightning because on YouTube um, there, is, there are a couple of shorts, of DC shorts, that are animated and it is Black Lightning and him having to raise his kids and whatnot. And so I am a fan of those. However, I'm not actually a fan of the live action series and like... 80% of it was due to the costume. Like, I, I literally stopped the episode when he redonned his costume because I was like, no, it's done. We're not doing this. And so I have not kept up with it since, unfortunately. Um, so the next thing on our list is the new Harley Quinn adult animated series. 
Um, so a lot of people, when they hear animated series and cartoon, they think childish. I can tell you right now, she says motherfucker a hundred million times. So if you don't like cussing, well, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But uh, if you don't like cussing, this is not the show for you. Um, the premise of this show is basically Harley Quinn realizes that the Joker is no good for her. And she decides that, you know what, since you think I'm just a low-life sidekick, I'm about to become the HBIC of villains in Gotham, and I'm going to show you. Are you interested in seeing that? I actually am because I am a fan of um, post-Joker Harley Quinn. Um, a lot of times she, I know she gets sidetracked for like her obsession with Joker or like she's not getting, um, like she's not portrayed in like the, the like pre, um, the pre New 52 fashion. But um, so with the New 52, she is on her own, forgetting about Joker. And like she goes and she ends up having a relationship with Poison Ivy. And um, like she goes and finds herself apart from Joker. And like I know there is an instance in which Joker died and there was, she had a whole like relapse thing. So like I'm very excited to see the character growth because oftentimes when um, women characters are written they are like they're written and then they're tossed to the side for all of eternity and so a lot of female characters actually have no upper limits on a lot of their powers if they are super powered because they um, because they just aren't written or they're not um, put into mainstream and so Harley Quinn actually does have a superpower she has a small superpower. Um, she has a slight immunity to various toxins, courtesy of Poison Ivy. Hmm. I didn't know that toxin little aspect. That's very interesting. Speaking of the Batman universe, we also have the premiere of Batwoman at Comic-Con. Um, how do you feel about the name Batwoman opposed to Batgirl? So Batwoman is her own character. Kate Kane is very notable. Um, it's really funny because Kate Kane is very notable. However, there's two Kate Kanes. Um, so Kate Kane Batwoman is, um, there's the two versions of her, the one where she like adores Batman and becomes Batman, well, Batwoman in his absence. And then there's the version that just doesn't trust him. And it seems like this one, they're going with a version that doesn't trust Batman to get the job done, quote unquote. Because um, uh, it was Damian Wayne Robin does kill people. Um, Red Hood, Jason Todd Robin does go for, um, he does use guns and everything. And Batman is very anti-gun, anti-lethal force. And Batwoman does initially use guns as well. And so seeing, seeing her growth and transition and everything will definitely be interesting. Very nervous for Ruby Rose because I know Ruby Rose can't act, but she is a very good <laughs> puncher. Like, she's a very good punch, 
punching actress. So um, I'm I'm excited but nervous to see what happens. And also very scared for the costume department because the costumes are always lacking, <laughs> for lack of a better word. That's always your complaint. They the are. costumes. Look at that wig and tell me it's not. Oh. <laughs> See, I can give them courtesy for the costumes, but the wigs. Wait. I can't. Like, I can't they're let them all the, wigs the same go. level of shiny, too. Like, it's. And stiff. And like, it's one thing. Okay, Batwoman. Kate Kane actually does. Uh, is often portrayed with short hair. Like, sometimes she's portrayed with long hair, but sometimes, uh, more often than not, she is portrayed with short hair. And she does don a wig over her back cowl as part of her disguise and so i can understand like get a talk to a cosplayer or somebody that knows how to fix a wig to a cowl because i think it's just us honestly i think i think most people don't know this i mean i'm the type of person I that i watch movies and i'm like that phone isn't plugged into anything. I don't cosplay or, like, enough to notice this. Why is this doing this? Like, I notice production errors, so maybe that's why I'm so acute to noticing that, like, that wig is super stiff and super ugly. Well, see, I, I notice, like, I don't notice acting errors unless they're so blatant. I generally don't notice special effects errors unless it's, that's obviously a green screen type deal. So, like... With costumes, I feel like it should be the same way. Like, I, I'm a seamstress, but I'm not that good a seamstress. I shouldn't be able to tell this stuff. But, like, I do believe the quality of it is so poor because they're focused on everything else and they're not, like, either they don't have someone to be listening to as far as costumes or the costume department doesn't have the budget that it needs and whoever's in the costume department doesn't know how to use, like, how to de how to remove the shine from a wig with, um, like, fabric softener or something. Mm -hmm. It was like, you got to yeah. know these $2 fixes. Yeah, they could definitely use some uh, DIY <laughs> training. Um, will you be seeing Birds of Prey? I shall. Reluctantly I will be there, guys. So, so there's, okay... I I hate that I have to do this, but I know with women-centric material, it you have to do this. You have to go see something that you may not want to see or you know is not going to be like as good as it could be because you want more of the content. Like I want an actual Harley Quinn movie. I want an actual Birds of Prey movie series or maybe just a TV series. But I know in order to get that, you have to show I have that to this support yeah. this movie. Yeah, I think us POCs are used to supporting some things that may not have been up to par so that it would influence, it would show yes, we that come out it, these it is possible for things which make us the center of the story can still make money. So Black Panther is a prime example of that. Black I know a lot of people that, although they loved Black Panther, 
the reason that they saw it more than once in theaters was to encourage the studio to continue to make black-centric movies and black-centric superhero movies. Uh, Marvel, I don't, I don't, I don't know who owns Static Shock, but DC. please, oh well, DC. Hang on, Static Shock. Hold up, please. DC, no. Listen, here's here's what you do: animated movies, animated series only. Cause y'all no. gonna mess up Static Shock, I, and we all gonna I be mean, mad because we still no, have no, to no, support no. it. Ryan Coogler, all right. Forget non-compete. Forget that he's in I, a non-compete. I don't he care. Can't. I don't care. He can't. He is not allowed to. Listen, all right. I don't care if you have to change your name to Doctor Seuss <laughs> in order for you to produce <laughs> that movie. I need you, sir, to Actually, give me Static Shock. Only you, sir. Can give me static shock. No, actually, static shock okay. Give it to me. So, it okay if at the risk of doing something very bad, if Michael B. Jordan is no longer in his Marvel contract, with the help of Jordan Peele, that might be valid. Okay. However. I'm afraid no. of putting Michael B. Jordan in charge of anything. No, no, no. I'm a. F- I don't know if I like Jordan Peele for Static Shock. Well, no, no, no. It's not. Um. So Jordan Peele as a producer is a very good producer. Like kind of, at the risk of saying no matter producer, what. Producer, I'm. But so, I'm, I'm like, looking for I director. Can, no, like so I can I can I can see that if if Jordan Peele wanted to do Static Shock, he could. Because he would do his research. He would learn the character. He would learn about the characters. He would learn, like, what makes him tick and not, whatnot. And he would bring it to life. Like, um, Michael B. Jordan, I'm kind of holding off on that. I'm o- I only put him in there because of how much of a nerd he is. So he would, like, make the trip from point A to point B a little bit shorter. But um, after that coach... Um, fiasco, I am so afraid of everything. Okay, pause. For those of you who don't know, Michael B. Jordan has come out with a collaboration with Coach. This is like his third collaboration with Coach. And this collaboration's theme is Naruto. Now, from that statement Momo just gave me, I'm gonna consider her a hater of the collection. Her face tells me that my <laughs> assumption was true. I am not a hater of the collection. But I'm a hater of the I've collection seen price. The, oh, but there, I, honestly, okay, I am a frequent coach shopper. Like, they send me cards on my birthday, frequent shopper. Um, that's, my, that's my little problem store is coach. You know, I can't afford Fendi or it would be a Fendi problem. So I have to step it down. So I have a coach problem. Um, but in all honesty, the prices are not, the prices are coach prices. The prices are not yeah. out of this world because it's a collaboration with Michael B. Jordan. That's not true. If you can afford coach normally, you can afford his collection. But so see, don't let her dismirch you. But see, the problem with it, actually, there are some pieces in it that are really, really, like, they look good. However, the, um, because of the theme of the collection, um... There was a little like perceived hiccup that the prices would be slightly lower, not by much because it is coach, but there were a couple things that are like pretty high up there 
And because it's like Naruto themed, it's like that shouldn't be that high okay. because I don't of agree the with theme. that. I don't agree with that because just like Michael B. Jordan likes it and he got shmoney. There's people out there that got shmoney. There's stuff that Coach puts out on a regular basis that I may not <laughs> like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't I get what you're saying, but I think that's not giving enough credit to anime and Naruto. Well, I think that's playing it down. Nah, cause um Hypeland is coming up with the Naruto collab, and I know people who are more excited to see the Hypeland collab now that they've seen the Coach collab. Because, like, for for a lot of people, the Coach collab fell short because it seemed like we got Uniqlo, like Uniqlo stuff with Coach prices. If that makes mm. sense. Because like Uniqlo does a lot of um, a lot of nerdy stuff too, and so like we got their we got their good base quality. Maybe as far as styling, but I can tell you for a fact that the quality you're gonna get from Coach oh, is yeah, going no. to blow you know clog the water. I agree with that. So it's definitely a, like a styling thing. Like for for what they've given us, it seems like they're giving us the bare minimum. Well, I think they're trying to make it, I mean, it is Coach. Coach is not, um, has no association with anime whatsoever. Yeah. So it's not like they know for a fact that their clientele is going to be a guaranteed um, listen to that. So I think that they try to play a little safe with the design. So if you want to say that the designs are not as Naruto as they could be, no, they didn't no. take it far enough. I'm saying you may like, have a point. The designs weren't as eye-catching or eye-grabbing. Like Naruto or not, the designs were pretty bland. I like them. There's a few things I'm going to uh, I might purchase now and and save for Christmas later. Maybe I just expected more because it's Coach. I don't know. I I would I I liked it. I liked it personally. Um, I did think they could have gone a little farther with it, but I do understand that, you know, this is a for public thing. This is kind of new to them. Speaking of Naruto, um, Naruto is celebrating its 20th anniversary. Like, wow. Um, and then we also have a new kind of Naruto spinoff. So it is a Naruto-Baruto mix. So you might say to yourself, well, how do you get a Naruto-Baruto mix when, you know, Baruto, uh, Naruto is in Baruto as his father? Like, duh. But it is a time flip-flop crossover episode. So we talking about Baruto going back in time on the same level, at the same age as his father. So he's going to meet young young baruto is gonna read young naruto and to me that sounds like a hot mess for the leaf village jesus help the hukage so i do gotta pause you right here and make sure you know this because i wouldn't be any type of proper weeb or nerd or friend if i didn't go ahead and tell you this right now so um, Michael B. Jordan actually got famous for this, his mispronunciation of the, of one of the names, and 
I've never heard him pronounce the second name, so although I assume he pronounced it the same as well. Um, it is said Naruto or Naruto, like um, emphasis on the U or emphasis on the toe. And then also for Boruto, it's the same emphasis on the U or emphasis on the toe. Well, you heard it here, folks. She's giving you a Ebonics lesson I'm sorry. on how to pro listen, all right? We can barely manage to say our names properly. So it is what it is. Um, we also had, they also at Comic-Con had a Yu Yu Hakusho reunion panel. I'm so sad I missed it. Yu Yu, oh my gosh. Yu Yu Hakusho was one of the shows that really cemented. I mean, there are several shows for me that cemented anime in my life, but Yu Yu Hakusho on Toonami was definitely one of those things. So they do have two new OVAs coming out. Uh, so that's great, you know, for a lot of the. Um, for a lot of the actors, it was the first time they've gotten together in years, 20 years. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, seeing uh, what new tales that has for us. Um, so speaking of anime, this Saturday starts Toonami's new lineup. So let me just give you that real quick. At 11, it's Dragon Ball Z Super. At 11.30, it's One Punch Man, and that is the season premiere of season two. At 12 a.m., we have the newest star, Dr. Stone. Then at, 11, uh, then at 1 a.m., we have uh, one of my new personal favorites, Food Wars. Then we have the season premiere at 1.30 of, D of Demon Slayer. 2 a.m. we have Black Clover. 2.30 we have Boruto. Um, 3 a.m. we have Naruto. Uh, 3.30 we have Lupin the Third, Part 5. I love me some Lupin. And finally, at 4 a.m., we're closing it out with My Hero Academia. And My Hero Academia is actually starting, premiering its um, third season. Yeah, they're premiering their third season on the 12th. Yes. And so there's, there's some stuff happening with Mirio. And like, just think about it, I was like, I need a chair. I need some water. Because it's about to get real. Well, I do know that a certain someone gets a new mentor in the new season. And uh, that starts a brand new adventure. So <coughs> I'm not going to spoil it for y'all because I know y'all waiting on pins and needles. But I saw the first episode of the new season. Not exactly action packed, but uh, important story plot movement. Um, yeah. I will say the main villain of this arc, because this arc got split into two like they kind of started the arc last season at the end of last season mm -hmm. and they're going to be continuing the arc this season and 
a lot of you, when you got introduced to Mario, you're wondering, wait, why isn't he the main character? Well, um, you're about to find out why he's not the main character. All right, guys. Um, I don't know. Oh, no, it's via a fight. Oh, no, no, no. I just mean, it's like, I don't know if you're going to see this coming, guys. I don't, I don't know if you're ready they for They ain't going to see this coming. They are not ready for this. I know what this. happens, and I'm what, not ready to see it. Like, I don't know if you're ready for this. They're not ready. <laughs> Y'all not ready. <laughs> All right, guys, before I get into how to, a quick little how to survive Comic-Con, I'm going to let you in on my favorite panel of the whole convention. That was the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child panel. So if you know me, you know I am a Harry Potter fanatic. I am still waiting for Hedwig to bring me my Hogwarts acceptance letter. I did see someone cosplay, a little boy cosplay as Hedwig, bringing um, a Hogwarts letter to someone. I wish he would have brought it to me, um, but it was an adorable costume. Um, so if you do not know this play, this play is the, well, actually the book is the play adaptation. So, um, it is the 12th, it, the 12th, wow, I wish. It is the eighth book in the Harry Potter series. It, it is post the first seven books. So Harry is an adult. He has his son and the story really revolves around Albus, his um, yeah, his son, Albus. I was going to say what order he's in, but I just realized I don't remember. Uh, so the Broadway, the, bro the Broadway adaptation is pure magic. Like, it is really an incredible thing to see. If you 